0: at the uh check the score the the peacocks game st peter's yeah they're they're 59 57 61 57 score just changed uh with a minute 42 left what is this joe right there 15 seed yeah oh the and they're they're beating they're a minute and 40 seconds away from being the first 15 seed to make it to the elite eight
1: you know today's national it's not maybe not national but today is like peacock day or like international peacock day I'm not kidding. It's like, I'm serious. Wow, <laughs> That's I can't believe sixty-one fifty-seven. Wow, yeah. A minute twenty-five left.
0: This is insanity. There's plenty of time. I mean, not as much in college basketball, but there's still plenty of time. Peacock basketball.
1: All right, should we uh, get this show started? Sure. Yeah. Stop boring people with our talk about energy.
2: Is we got to bring the energy up?
1: Hi, uh, college basketball. Thirty-eight seconds left. Oh,
2: there we go. Should we have to wait. Should we wait till the game's over?
1: No, it could be another like five minutes before the game's <laughs> over. Yeah, let's get it started. Let's talk about some Wheel of Time. Who's ready to talk about Wheel of Time? Woo! Woo!
0: <laughs> I blew the mic out. Joe, Joe, you work. You've been working out, man. The guns look good.
1: No, I've not been working out. All
2: right. He's looking behind him like there's somebody else with guns.
1: No, I was looking at my arm. But
2: <laughs> they were like, who, where, what?
0: He's like, oh, you mean this gun? or did you mean this one
1: (laughs) 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 welcome to talk around riyadh the wheel of time showcast i am your host joe perry here with my co-hosts jen isgro and tom kakosa how are you doing today jen
2: joe i am so hyped to be talking about wheel of time for another week on talk around riyadh let's get it on
1: indeed let's do it tom how are you
0: I'm not gonna proposition anybody, but I'm excited to be here too.
2: That wasn't a proposition. That was the guy from uh, Celebrity Deathmatch.
1: Let's get it Who's on.
2: Actually, a real, referee, it's a real, right? real, but, yeah, yeah, a real human it's a real person. Yeah,
1: <laughs> not not the animated uh, or the clay. What was it like the a clay animation? Yeah.
2: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm excited to be here too, Joe. It's gonna be a fun uh, show tonight. Uh, I think, at least. Well, we'll try. Yeah, right, let's get started. What's up?
1: Actually, I want to start this episode with a correction from last week's episode. Mm. Oh. I blame Brendan Johnston, friend of the show, Mm. slash slash special co-host, because he gave us some bad information, so I'm calling you out, Brendan. (laughs) Um, Last week, we said that Robert Jordan, there was that Jeopardy question about Robert Jordan named after a Hemingway character. Um, Right, Right, right. Originally, Brendan had said it was, he was the main character of Farewell to Arms, but that's not correct. The main character of Farewell to Arms is Frederick Henry. Robert Jordan is the main character of For Whom the Bell Tolls. So that hey, that is our correction. Also the original author of the lyrics to the Metallica song. True story. If you
2: look in the, look in the back of the book, it's just like a poem. Yes written back there yeah.
1: oh, but if you go to um charleston the, the school there with all robert jordan's notes are there's actually the lyric sheet boom the bell tells metallica song <laughs> um. oh interesting oh sorry we're, we're giving live not so live updates it's 25 seconds left purdue's got 61 st peter's 63 game's not yeah. over
0: game's not over
1: game's not over All right. Uh, We don't have any news today, but we do have some what's happening going on, Jen. So why don't you lead us into that, Jen? What's going on? What's happening?
2: I will. Everybody dance now. It's what's happening. What? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) My first piece is regarding a writer for the Wheel of Time TV show, Justine Jewel Gilmer. Justine wrote episode six, The Flame of Tarvalon, which has become a fan favorite episode. Focusing on Swan's past and her relationship with Moraine. Justine has written a new movie exclusively for HBO called The Survivor. This comes directly from HBO.com. Directed by Academy Award winner Barry Levinson oh, and wow. based on a true story, HBO original film The Survivor stars award winning actor Ben Foster Wait, as Harry Half. What awards
1: has Ben Foster won?
2: I don't know. It doesn't say Academy Awards. It says award winning.
1: Oh, okay. That's So he won like some sort it of. He could
2: win like a, like a what's the bad one?
1: He
0: didn't win Razz- a Razzie. He could have won a Razzie, I no.
2: guess. He's been a lot
0: of stuff. He's you know, I don't know. I love it. All right. Now, I like him. All right, you yes. continue. I'm going to look up Ben Foster's award history.
2: Okay. Okay. A ben Foster as Harry Haft, who after being sent to Auschwitz, survives not only the unspeakable horrors of the camp, But the gladiator-torial boxing spectacle he is forced to perform with his fellow prisoners for the amusement of his captors, unbeknownst to those who try to destroy him, Haft's will to survive is driven by his quest to reunite with the woman he loves. This film is based on a novel by Alan Haft, and premieres April 27th on HBO. So give Justine some support and give it a watch. Ben Foster is a favorite in my house since he will be playing my husband in the inevitable movie about our lives. <laughs> so I'm sure we will be watching this.
1: So he's gotten. He, he lost a lot of weight for this movie.
0: Yeah, he does that.
2: Uh, yeah, he's like.
0: He's, yeah, yeah, he's wow. one of those type of guys.
2: There's some pictures in the article, one picture.
0: So he's got a bunch of awards, but I would say uh, he's got an independent spirit award for Hella oh. High Water. Uh, oh, okay. That's a good award. award uh, oh. For an exciting performance in a, uh, I guess in a guest role for Six Feet Under. He's got an Emmy Award.
1: An Emmy you Award?
0: Know, yeah, for uh, Bang Bang, You're Dead. This was back in 2003. I don't recall exactly what that one was. Oh,
2: he's got some he's legit off.
0: awards. Yeah. yeah, he's
2: been in a lot of stuff. No, I know he that. Just I just didn't know in he won any awards.
0: The he's yeah. super dope. I saw him live on... 67, 64 Peacocks, by the way, with five seconds left. I saw him live opposite Gillian Anderson in Streetcar Named name Desire. Oh, unbelievable. Okay. Unbelievable performance. Really good actor. And yeah, he would definitely play Dan Isgro. Yeah. All right.
1: Away. Sorry, Ben Foster. Apologies. I didn't realize you, had, you were such a decorated actor.
0: I feel like we lost the thread here.
1: Yeah, what Justine. were we talking about? <laughs> Who? Justine
2: Jewel Gilmer wrote the movie, but it's based on a book. It looks like um, maybe the son wrote it because the the novelist is the same yes. last name as the main character. Yes, yeah, the son.
1: Oh, fun. okay. Yeah, based the on the book Harry Haft, Survivor of Auschwitz, Challenger of Rocky Marciano. Yeah. Okay, interesting.
2: And there's other good people in it. I didn't mention the whole cast, but it's uh, Danny DeVito's in it.
1: Oh, uh, Peter Sarsgaard. Uh, Peter
2: Sarsgaard. John Leguizamo, so should be a pretty good movie.
1: Yeah, that's a good uh, that's definitely a good cast. Interesting. I'll have, maybe I'll check that out.
2: Yeah. April 27th. It looks like uh, it's Will we be movie. in, uh, Jordan Con? At the that, 27th? On no.
1: No? No. Yes, Jordan. It ends no? on the 24th, the 25th. Jordan Con.
2: Are you sure about that? Oh, you're right. Okay, it's the Wednesday after Jordan Con. Oh, it's Administrative Professionals Day. Oh, very hey,
1: exciting. Right. It's good. I think they released it that day on purpose.
2: They must have because
0: you know Hath was a huge supporter.
1: Of oh, an and the Peacocks have won it. That's right, baby. Wow. Elite eight, making NCAA history—the first 15 seed to make it to the Elite Eight. That's insanity. Guess we'll right. have to watch the game Pe- on Pe- uh, Pe- Sunday to see who they play.
2: Anyway, anyway, <laughs> back to uh, what's happening. Last but certainly not least, it's an extremely exciting hashtag Hen news. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tom. No problem. Juliet Howland writes on Instagram, Thank you so, so much to Rob at Weekly Wheel News and Jen at New Creations by Jen for my fantastic T-shirts. Thank you. And, of course, to Jen at Talk Around Riyadh and Joe and Tom for starting Hashtag Hen News. I thought the model herself should feature in the feathers. So here she is, the hen of many faces, Egwene herself, curious, indignant, a tad peed off, She's so adorable and cuddly, but can look so angry at times and a bit camera shy. Thank you. So Juliette is wearing the hen news shirt created by Rob from Weekly Wheel News and friend his wife Jen. What? Nothing.
1: Yeah. yeah. Friend of the show. Is that <laughs> friend
2: <laughs> friend, the show? friend of the on show. Come on now. Uh, they create uh, Jen from New Creations by Jen, his wife. She creates all of our merch. <laughs> Juliet has also taken some pictures of Egwene the hen posing next to the drawing on the shirt it's It's amazing it's
1: uncanny (laughs) it's hysterical she's got the same expression on too and then there's the one of her like looking back at the shirt it's (laughs) hysteric i love it it's amazing
2: i commented that this was the best thing i'd ever seen and juliet replied jen it's all thanks to you you are amazing (laughs) for what you've done for the humble rescue hen you are all amazing. Thank you. How
1: many how uh, many hen lives do you think you're responsible for, Jen? I don't Jen? know.
2: I can take very little credit for any of this. Hen News has taken on a life of its own. But the living, to see Juliet actually wearing the shirt is a dream come true that I never thought I would have. So thank you to Juliet for being so amazingly supportive of us and our community. And to Rob and Jen for creating the shirt and getting it to her. Every time I think we have hit a hen news pinnacle, the bar is raised. <laughs>
1: What can top that, Jen?
2: Us on the farm—that's like the very, very top. That's the top. Us going to England, meeting, visiting the farm, meeting
1: Egwene, and meeting and all her, the heads. taking
2: some pictures. Yeah.
1: yeah. Maybe yeah, she'll that's... bring. Maybe we can get. Oh, she's not going to be in the second season, Juliet, though. Right? Don't well, I don't know. Probably not, yeah. probably not. Probably not. If she was, then maybe maybe we could. Maybe she'd bring Egwene on the red carpet, and we could be there and meet her in person. Oh my!
2: God. But she might be in the third oh, yeah.
1: season. <laughs> she might be in the third season. That's true. That's true. Um, also,
2: I think we're like probably a day late by this point, but I think it was um, her birthday today. Juliette Howland. Oh, she happy posted birthday. She something late, later. Probably like tomorrow for her in England. But anyway, but happy birthday yeah. to Juliet. Hope you had a nice day. And uh, Joe, I'm all good here, so back to you.
1: Back to me. I, I can't top that, especially <laughs> since there is no news <laughs> on the show. Lord, <laughs> give us somebody give us some show news. I mean, the uh, Twitter chaos has been a somewhat active on Twitter, you know, but nothing informative, just kind of calling back to things that already exist, posting some old clips and things like that.
2: Every time he posts something, I'm like, this is it. Really? And that's nothing.
0: He's got (laughs) got a long way, or she, they've got a long way to go before they start to seriously tease. Yeah, we've got, um... I am like, come on, Pootie, give me something. (laughs) When do
2: you we think gotta the, give a girl something?
1: What What do you think? Now I'm picturing Pootie <laughs> Tang putting out the milk the bil- and the milk and the girl,
2: <laughs> And she drinks it. The
1: girl gets on all fours and drinks the milk. <laughs> oh, Pootie <Pudi laughs> Tang!
2: Oh my god! I need to
1: watch that movie. Yeah,
0: me too, man. That's I've only seen it that
2: one one time. No. Yes.
0: Oh my gosh! What a great film! Classic cinema. Alright, sorry, Joe. You're gonna you're gonna say something before we do. We have it.
1: to do it just a Pootie Tang podcast episode. Where we just, I don't know, somehow relate Pootie <laughs> Tang, to, Pudi the Pudi relate Tang I, I to the Wheel Pudi of Time. Right, we somehow relate and connect Pootie Tang to the Wheel of Time. Wait do a it. second. I can a hundred percent do
0: that, by the way. Not even close. Like that <laughs> we'll it's ten. not even think, think about the, the crisis of confidence that Pootie experiences in, in the in the end of Act Two, towards the beginning of Act Three, how he kind of loses his power, loses his sense of self, then has a reconnection with his father to That's regain his humanity <laughs> goes back and defeats oh, wow. the evil versions of himself. Yeah, no, it's a hundred percent
1: the evil version of himself played by David, David Cross,
0: Cross. Yeah,
1: in blackface.
0: Yeah, he's bad. He's very bad in that movie.
1: It's funny. I was just listening. David Cross was on the Conan O'Brien podcast, and there, you know Conan's talking about like things. You know, like big things he's been in, and I'm like, well, don't forget Pootie Tang. Don't forget Pootie Tang. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> All right, on from that <laughs> to fill. The... Yeah, instead
2: of news, we're just going to talk about Puri Tang for 10 minutes Yeah,
1: to fill <laughs> the void of no news <laughs> We are going to talk about a topic that is pertinent to season 2 Or at least we hope it is We hope to see this This is not a person This is not a place This is a thing in Wheel of Time We're going to be talking about Calendor. It's going to be magical Get it? Okay. Didn't that that one didn't land.
0: No, I got led, led, led balloon.
1: Yeah. All right. So I'll just go right into it then, right? We wanna sure. w- what is Kalendor? We're gonna talk about the history of Kalendor. We're gonna talk about how it's used in the books and how we think it might appear in the show. If it'll appear in the show, light willing. And this is gonna be heavy spoilers, people. We're going all the way till the end of the series on this one because mm. Calendor plays a Kalendor plays a huge role in the end of the series. So for those of you who have not finished you, di- you don't you didn't know that, Jen.
2: I didn't know we were continuing to the end of the series. We never do that.
1: We have to because Kalendor okay. is really really shines at the end of the series. Get it? Get it? Wow! Come on! Get it?
0: <laughs> Come on, man!
1: <laughs> All right, Kalendor, aka the sword that is not a sword, aka the sword that cannot be touched. What is Kalendor? What is Kalendor?
0: <laughs> You're asking or you want oh Jen
1: knows. Jen, Jen.
2: It's a Saangria.
1: That is right, Jen. Ding 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 ding. So what is a sangria, listeners? It is an item of the power that allows channelers to use more of the one power safely than they could unaided. But saangria were made to multiply exponentially the amount of power upon which the channeler may draw. This one specifically, is is made for channeling Cydin, the male half of the true source. So Angreal are similar, but Sangreal are more powerful. They allow you to use more of the one power than an Angreal. So this one appears in the form of a sword that appears to be made of glass or crystal. I don't think it's ever confirmed exactly what it's made out of, but it's. They always refer to it like a glass or glass or crystal-like substance. Yeah,
0: crystal. I think crystal sword is more. Uh, but yeah, they don't know. I don't think they actually know anybody in in the world now.
1: That no, and it's the much more than it's made of. Yeah, and it's more strong. It's more strong. It's stronger than glass or crystal because, in the books, he uses it as a sword a couple of times, yes. and it doesn't break. But it is made with the One Power, so that's probably why. Mm-hmm. So what makes this Cyan grail different from others is that it lacks a buffer which protects the channeler from drawing too much of the One Power. And burning out. So most Al and L have a buffer built in where you can't overdraw from it protecting yourself. Kalendor lacks that buffer. There's a flaw. Was it intentional? Is it unintentional? I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on that?
0: I think from my reading, my research for this, it wasn't an intentional flaw. It was a manufacturing flaw. However... A defect? If, well, Yeah. However... It was an intentional flaw by the pattern, right? So the people who made it didn't make it necessarily. This is, it's a little bit up for grips because, like, when you go back and look at research for this stuff, a lot of it is done, a lot of it is from the time of, like, you know, in the middle of the books as opposed to the end of the books or whatever the case may be. And I'm not Mm -hmm. really like time stamping, like, what what my sources were, I guess, and looking up this stuff. But I believe from what I've read that this is a manufacturing flaw that it was something that was a flaw in the design, unintentional, but I think that the pattern did intend that to be there because of what the flaw can do and like what allows that, that flaw to be... you know, uh, Exploited? Know, yeah, towards the end of the book.
1: Yeah. Despite this flaw, it is safe if the man using it links with a woman and she controls the circle. So in that instance, then the man can't be made to draw too much to burn himself out. So there, there is a buffer if, if linked with the woman and the woman is controlling the circle, not if the man, only if the woman's controlling the circle. And there is a critical, critical, I will say it a third time, critical defect, another one, there's a lot of defects in this, <laughs> in which a man using Kalendor alone can be forced to link with a woman and be under her control. And the man will be unable to break the circle, which is pivotal at the Mm -hmm. very end of the series. And that's why we have to talk about the end of the series, because Calendar is just filled with spoilers. I
2: was going to say, is this stuff all things that you learn later?
1: Yes, Min figures this one out later on. There's
2: nothing about that at all where I'm up to my reread. No. Linking or any of that.
1: No, I believe Min is the one who figures this out um i'm trying to see if i can figure out where she when she learns about it I think it.
0: it might be the gathering storm i'm not 100 percent on
1: that yeah i don't i don't have the i'll see if i have here Hold on. i think it's the gathering storm so that is another defect this, is, this thing's got a lot of defects in it i don't know if this is necessarily a defect um i think this is just kind of like an unintended consequence that came with the territory but they also mention how it amplifies the effect of the taint on sidene And you know, when I I remember like reading about this, and I was wondering if that's just because, you know, you're you can wield a hell of a lot of sidene It's just gonna increase the effect of uh, the taint. But it sounds like Calendor is an exception to the rule where it even like multiplies the effects of the taint more than another normal Angrial or sangreal would.
2: The Calendor was created before the taint, right?
1: Yes, it was.
2: So how and why does that happen?
1: I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question.
0: I would, I would assume it has something to do with the fact that I could also channel the true
1: power. <gasps> <and> just... <gasps> <gasps> what? It's true, Joe.
2: <laughs> well acted.
1: I didn't even put that in my notes, Tom. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was the very next thing I was going to say.
0: So I was pointing out in chat that it was created... After, Four, after, yeah, yeah, after the, the, the
1: yeah, after it, the war, it was created during started. the war of power. So the bar right. had already but been drilled, the, but it was before the strike, I think. At yeah, yeah,
0: I think it was the fact that, like, I think, and again, this is where, where I was reading about like the, the manufacturing process and creating it was not up to normal song, real standards because like things were already falling apart.
1: I would love to dig into Jordan's notes about calendar and if there's any other back information about it because there's so much there's so many questions i have about it like it was created during the war power we don't know who created it you mentioned that it can also be uh it can also be used to channel the true power or increase the the amount of true power that one can channel it it doesn't allow you to channel the true power It just acts as like a true power sa Mm -hmm. but was that intentional
0: again I don't know that it was intentional by the creators of the item. I do think that it was intentional by the pattern. I think that the reason that it is so heavily featured in the prophecies of the dragon is because it is intended to be used as it is used at the last battle.
1: Right? Yeah, I would love to just see like a a movie just about the creation of or maybe a oh. documentary, like a mockumentary <laughs> about the creation of Kalendor. Oh, man, fantasy mockumentaries. How awesome would that be?
0: I think we can get Eugene
1: Levy. I think I just created a new <laughs> genre Yeah, of, of TV and film.
2: Just write it. You could pay Gilbert Gottfried to say anything.
1: <laughs> he can be the narrator.
2: Yes, right.
1: No, no, I don't mean it to be funny, but like a documentary about Right, like fantasy. a fake
2: documentary. I get it.
1: Yeah, not, not necessarily to be funny.
2: I forget it, Gilbert. You're out.
1: We would have to get some, someone like uh, like Sir Patrick Stewart or somebody like that to do.
2: Oh, okay. Do. Uh,
1: do David, uh, David Attenborough, the guy who does all the- Oh, uh, no. Oh, that's what I
2: was just going to say, all the nature ones.
1: Maybe we can get uh, Michael Kramer and Kate Redding to do the narration. Maybe we could. That'd be good. Yeah, there you go. I'll have right. to get work on writing that. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> kind of like the animation, the mm. animations that they did, right? Yeah, there
0: is uh there's a comment in chat from everyone's favorite innkeeper, Dusty Wheels, saying there is something in the notes that we'd like to know. But will he tell us what those things are what that is? <laughs> That's the He's question. typing furiously. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh. But he won't tell us. That's great.
1: I guess we'll have to wait for the Dusty Wheels uh calendar episode. That's that could be your next notes, you know, digging into the notes episode, some of the the items of the power. Um, yeah, um, I'd really, I'd really like to know the circumstances of of this item being made. There are so many flaws in it. The fact that it can also be used to channel the true power just seems so odd to me. They don't say if this was created by somebody on the good side or the bad side. They just said it was created during the War of the Power. Right. So is it possible that this was created by the the, the shadow, like by? Maybe one, not necessarily one of the Forsaken, but a Dreadlord or somebody to be, or used. just a
0: dark friend that, yeah, like I'm gonna set the dials to evil on the Sangreal machine.
2: <laughs> he bumped into it by accident.
0: Some, no,
2: something fell into like, the yeah. vat. Yeah, or something right. Like, like, that. <laughs> like the arrow just swung the opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> this one's evil.
1: Oh man. <laughs> any any thoughts on that? Do you think? Do you think it was made by somebody on the shadow side versus the light side? I, I don't see anything anywhere about it saying who made it or which side created it.
2: Well, eventually there was a prophecy about it.
1: Yeah. Yes.
2: So, And then they just like hustled it off to the Stone of Tier, I guess. Yeah, like- so th-
1: I don't get this. I'm a little vague on this timeline, right? So just a little bit about the history. We said it's created during the Age of Legends, during the War of Power. So that's towards the end of the Age of Legends. Only two known saw Angriel that were more powerful. One mm-hmm. is the Chodenkal and the other is the Sakarnin, which is the the rod that Demondred shows up with at the end during the last battle and starts weighing lace to shit. And then as Jen said, it was Weighing
2: least.
1: Wait a minute, wait a minute. Weighing laced? Yeah. Oh I said <laughs> <laughs> weighing lace. Laying waste. <laughs>
0: Sorry. <laughs> Me and Jen are just like,
1: what? <laughs> <laughs> t-shirt that's a t-shirt right there hashtag wing laced -laced. sorry (laughs)
2: laying
1: Uh. waste um (laughs) and as jen said it was placed in the stone of tear in the chamber called the heart of the stone for safekeeping and wards were put around it to protect it so i'm a little i'm a little vague on this and then there's the prophecy right the stone of tear will never fall Till Kalandor is wielded by the dragon's hand. The stone of teal will never fall till the people of the dragon come home. So what came first? Was it placed in the stone first? Or was the prophecy first? And then the people said, oh, there's a prophecy. We got to put this now in the stone because the prophecy said so?
0: No, I think it was probably the other way around. I think that, like, well, we have the stone. That's a really safe place to put something. And then... There were prophecies about that. I I don't know. I feel like... uh,
2: Why would they, like, put it like that if they didn't know that the dragon was supposed to come for it eventually? Exactly. Why would they, like, display it in the air with wards around it? Well, I,
0: I I have a question. I have not been able to come up with any kind of coherent answer to. Okay. How the hell is it warded that only the dragon can get it out? Like, is there a soul ward upon it?
1: It must and why be is, right, kind of and like why a, it, like a why fingerprint. Why does that not
0: exist anywhere else ever about
1: anything? <laughs> it's like a fingerprint ID, like only the but it's yeah, soul. It's like ID, soul, yeah. soul ID. It's a soul imprinted ID where <laughs> yeah, only the person's soul can, only the soul of the dragon can. It's got to be. It, it's got to be linked to the soul. Yeah, Did lose like,
2: the, Theron have it before this? No,
1: No. there's no mention okay. of lose Theron ever wielding okay. it. Okay. I don't know. It's this is a very bizarre. This is this is a bizarre well, episode let, because there's not a lot of information about this. A lot of it doesn't make sense to me. I let's don't. Let's go know back the time for line. one second because okay.
2: Mayhem saying in chat the lore says the stone was made to protect Kalendor.
1: Yeah, i read that somewhere. Which,
2: like, they built the stone around it.
1: But did the prophecy come before that? No, right? Because the stone didn't exist.
2: Right.
0: I'm saying, like, to me, to me, they put it there, and then there were some prophecies about it.
1: But why would they build a whole right, why they would they build a whole for? fortress to protect this Saangrio if they didn't know it was linked to the dragon?
0: Maybe at that time they knew what it could do and they wanted to protect it for Forsaken. Why did or they, other they?
1: They couldn't destroy it. They tried to destroy it, but they couldn't. Well,
0: it was already a prophecy about the fact that it was needed for the next battle.
1: But wasn't that the same wasn't that the same prophecy?
0: There's a lot of things about the calendar and the prophecies of the
1: dragon. It says yeah, it does say here that uh, yeah, it was indicated that calendars needed to be used during Tarman Gaiden, the Battle of the Dark One. Right. It is in the pro But when were the prophecies of the Dragon written?
0: Not all at the cycle. same time. Think about I like the Bible. Have some correct. Right, cycle, and, the, uh, and, the, and like the four Gospels were written like over two hundred years. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's how I picture the prophecies. Like they're a book now. Back then, there apparently a lot of people were prophesying, and there's just, they just kept adding on to it anything that was appropriate.
1: Yeah, Mayhem's pointing out in chat that, you know, from the Watt Wiki, after learning of the foretellings of the prophecy the drag of the dragon, the Aes Sedai built the Stone of Tear. So basically the prophecies say that the Stone of Tear will never fall until Calendar is wielded by the dragon's head, and they were like, wait, there's no such thing as a Stone of Tear. No. We have to build it now.
2: No. The part about the Stone of Tear had to come after the Stone of Tear was built.
1: So there's other prophecies it make about any sense. Kalindor.
2: They can't just like hear the name of something and then build it. The stone <laughs> of Tear could literally just be like the sword in the stone, you know, like it doesn't have to be an entire fortress.
1: I don't know.
0: All right. You said you said it. I'm going to ask it now. Uh, when did you realize in either reading the books or talking about the books or whatever, that it was the sword in the stone?
1: Oh, immediately.
2: I don't remember.
1: <laughs> okay. But they say it's the sword. It's the sword that is not a sword in the stone of Tear, and only the dragon can pull it. Can pull it. I out, do know that whatever. I
0: talked to some people who did not realize it and had read all the books. They like, really? just didn't put that piece together. I guess because Merlin isn't around when he's doing it, even though Maureen does show up like immediately afterwards.
1: Yeah, Maureen's there when it happens, or is it right after it happens?
0: Yeah, he does it, then she runs in like a minute later.
1: Yeah. The only other prophecy I can find about Kalandor is, and this is, this refers to later on, uh, into the heart he thrusts his sword, into the heart to hold their hearts. Who draws it out shall follow after what hand can grasp that fearful blade. Right. So, I don't know, I'm very vague on the timelines of when the prophecies were written, when it was put in the stone and the stone was created, because it, I don't know, what came first, the chicken or the egg?
2: Yeah, let's call Juliet.
1: (laughs) Oh, Chad. (laughs) No, I don't.
2: Yeah, I was, I don't know.
1: So, this Iron Grail's created. Somehow, it must be the prophecies indicate that this is an important thing and it needs to be kept safe for the dragon, Mm -hmm. which makes sense. Right. But then they built the Stone of Tear to protect it. Right. And then I guess this that's where this other prophecy came. Maybe, maybe that prophecy, we don't know. It's never been, we haven't seen it yet, seen it. Um, but then there's this other prophecy that talks about the stone until, until Kalandor is wielded by the dragon's hand. That probably comes after um, the stone's already built and it's put in there. Yes. Okay. And then the Aes Sedai, supposedly, right? This was Aes Sedai who did this. They were able to put some sort of ward on it that was linked to the soul of the dragon, right? I mean, that's the only thing that could possibly be, right? How else do they put, as you asked, I think Tom or Jen—I can't remember which one of you—how else could they be able to put some sort of ward on it that would only allow the dragon reborn to touch it? Or is this like a—is this soft magic?
0: I think this is soft magic. I think that it is. It does. I mean, this is book three, but still, like if this is like an Age of Legends thing, why doesn't one of the Forsaken do this for anything that they like or want to keep safe and make it that only their soul can take it out? Or, like, why didn't they do that for the horn if that was only supposed to be for the dragon, too? Or for the Eye of the World as a whole? It doesn't make sense that it's only for this thing. I mean, it's cool,
1: but, Well, the like, horn was kind of... They kind of did do that for the horn. It was No, they
0: just hid it in a hole covered by liquid cydine. But, like, they didn't...
1: But there, if, there was a prophecy, right, that the dragon would go there and... Right?
0: Nah, is there?
1: There's no prophecy, There's the no horn's prophecy not about it, the eye of the, the world? Horn, no, I don't think that there is. We have to go back to the horn episode.
2: What if the wards were... There were no wards and nobody else ever tried to take it because they were scared to try. And the only person who... Was brave enough to try to take it was the true dragon.
1: No, no, this isn't <laughs> No, because the Forsaken, you know the Forsaken would have tried. They tried. <laughs> you know they would have tried. We don't hear about that either, like people who tried and I don't what happens to them if they do try no. and take it. They don't Jordan never talks about that.
2: I'm trying to think of when uh Lanfear is in there with Egwene.
1: Oh, and Teller Andread.
2: Yeah, when she's like uh the maid or whatever. The old leave. lady. Yeah. She doesn't say anything at that point about it.
1: Nobody gives any definitive answers about Kalandora. No, but Bilal's saying in chat chat that Nakomi showed them how to make the (laughs) (laughs) wars.
0: Right? But like Bilal's whole thing is his whole plan is that he's there. He can't get it. He needs Rand to pull it out. Then he'll just kill Rand and take it for himself. So, like, you know that that's not like baloney. Nobody else can get through it.
2: They just believe it. They just believe that they can't.
1: No, I don't think so, because <laughs> is it, isn't Loghain headed towards Tyr when he, yes. he gets to, captured? Because he's yep. going to try to go pull Kalandor.
0: Like I think he says, like, well, if I took it, then they'll just make the prophecies fit. The fact that, like, he didn't know, like, right. you know, he was there was no people of the dragon or anything like that. But he figured, like, they, they'd figure that part out after the fact.
1: Right, you put it in the Stone of Tyr, it's in a the most secure fortress in the entire world. Mm-hmm. It's guarded by the defenders of the stone, so I don't know how many people could get in there to even try to take it. Yeah. But you've got to imagine the forsaken. Oh, the forsaken aren't free though at that time. When? But they had to have like didn't like once like Samael and Ashama and all of them were Bilal free. Is there? He's there. That's right. He's one of the high lords. He so you can't there. tell me he didn't try to take it or he, he did. probably his didn't.
0: whole plan, the whole thing of it. He's the one sending Rand the dreams to like no no no. But I'm saying temp-
1: random is ran to d- come. Did he try to physically take it or not, or did he he probably sense the wards on it right and say like, oh, I can't touch this because I can see I can feel the wards on there. That are...
0: Is it like instant death? Future? I think you just can't grab it. I think you just like
1: I don't know. We never see anybody try to take it except for Rand.
0: I think I I don't know. I always pictured it just like a shield. I didn't picture it like if I touch it like my arm will fall off.
1: Is it more like the actual you know a a Thorian sword in the stone where you just can't pull it out?
0: Yeah, I think that's what I picture it as. I mean, honestly, what I always... The Calindor,
1: picture, right sits up and like right, like, like floating almost floating. The oh, yeah.
0: yeah. I actually picture it in a glowing column, almost like a shield, like a, yeah. like the CPU at the end of Tron or whatever. But yeah, like, Rand's the only one who could pass that barrier. There, yeah, I, uh, I don't off. know.
1: How about you, Jen? How did you always picture it? Do you picture, like...
2: No, I didn't think you... I think it was, like, just... In case in, like, air, that's how it would feel, you know? Like, you, it's like a clear mm-hmm. barrier, and you just can't get to it. And then Rand can just pass right through
1: it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think I always pictured it like the sword in the stone way. You just, you try to grab it, but you couldn't move it. Couldn't but you gu- should
2: still be able to, if you could touch it, can't you channel into it?
1: I never really thought about that.
2: So, think about it, man.
1: Think about it. <laughs> I don't know. We need to I have so many questions, <laughs> for Robert Jordan.
2: You do actually have to be touching it to channel into it, yeah? yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Can it be like next to you on the floor?
1: No. Nope. No, you have to be touching yeah. it. I believe. I mentioned before this obviously is an important piece. This is one of my. I'm sorry. I really like Kalendor just because it's something really early on, and you think like Rand drawing Kalendor is like that's all it is. Really, it's just <laughs> it's a symbol of him confirming him being the Dragon Reborn. And it's a Grial, so it's very powerful, and he can use it to channel, but it is dangerous because of the that there's no buffer. But it does play a role later on. It's an important piece for him defeating the Dark One. He uses it to seal the boar. And Morden cuts his own hand off. So Rand feels it, and Rand drops Kalendor, right? Am I mm-hmm. remembering this correctly? Right. Rand drops Kalendor on the floor because Morden cuts his hand off and Rand can feel it because the two of them are linked. Rand drops Kalandor. Morden picks it up, goes to use it, but then Moraine and Nynaeve force him into a circle, take control, and then Rand links with them. Rand uses it, channels Sidine, uses Sidar from Nynaeve and Moraine, and also the true power from Morden. And uses the true power in the same way that he cleansed the taint by using the evil from Shadow Logoth to kind of coat and protect Sidene from the taint and separate it from the taint. He uses the true power to kind of protect Sidene and dar so he can reseal the bore without the Dark One. I guess the Dark One's taint um, affecting it.
0: Yeah, he, it's like a he puts that in as like almost like a seal before he fixes it. So like there's there's a buffer between the Dark One. And the and the,
1: the source. I'm getting criticism that I that's not how he cleansed the taint. Did it, is that not, not how he cleansed the taint? Didn't he no, use he, like
0: it, that? Was it's, it's more a little like, different, right? It's a little he different. He like
1: filtered. He used it like as a filter, right?
0: It, I guess the, the principle is like attract, repel, right? So he used he pushed them against each other to basically bounce the taint off of Sardin, and then filtered the entirety, which is ridiculous, all of it through that. That process so he just basically uh like he it's almost like he he uh like uh like two, when you put the two magnets so yeah, they repel exactly, each other exactly
1: and, and he, he, he he figured that part out about the two wounds right his wound from the dagger verse and his wound from uh yeah. from ahamma okay so sorry not exactly the same but it's a similar principle where he used one evil power to to fix another or prevent yeah. another evil power from taking over. Anyway, so Calendor in the show—we are we getting Calendor in season two? Thoughts? I think so. I hope so. Circumstances surrounding Calendor—is it in the stone of the tear? Yes. Stone of tear. Sorry.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah. I, okay. So I would say, I would say, if it's not the stone of tear, don't put it in the show. That's how much it should be the sword of the stone. I I didn't mind that they moved the Horn of Valir to underneath the throne. But I wouldn't want Calendor to be in one of the Shanshan's boats, you know, uh, and they brought it over.
1: It's going to be under another throne somewhere. Things hiding under thrones. It's, it's going to be the, a... That's yeah. Time. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, I hope so. And, and I said this, I think, in another episode, but if it's not in season two, I don't think it's in the show.
1: How do you not have Calendor in the show, though? You, like, you how know? does he defeat the Dark One? Through the power of love?
2: A different
0: way. Care Bear Stare? I don't know. I think the way that they're they're structuring this basically, like I think season three is gonna be moving into book four territory. It's gotta right? be. Right. And so you're not gonna have to have to go back and get it. Plot wise. He's already in the IO Waste. Right? So he's gotta get it now or he's not gonna get it. Like I really do think that they could wrap up the Shaunchan storyline in like six episodes and leave the last two for him to go to the Sonateering. You know, Or even doing seven and one if they needed to. They literally just do the end and then jump to the Stone of Tear in the last episode.
2: I don't... don't I'm feeling more like I don't think Rand has to have anything to do with the Seanchins. He doesn't.
1: He doesn't have to be there for Seanchan.
2: Sean's Chan. (laughs) Yeah, and I think especially because we already saw the Stone of Tear on the show in the background of Swan's flashback. Yeah. So... It's already been on the show. We do
1: have that survey, you know, that we talked about in one of the previous episodes that Rand was hiding out in Falma. Yeah, that he's already there. I think that,
0: whatever, you can do it a bunch of different ways, but I guess you could do the Horn of Valir at Falma without Rand and just have the heroes come back and fight the Shantan. I don't know. I don't think he
1: needs to fight the Shantan. But yeah, he's already involved. That's like the only thing. I'm totally right. with you, Jen. I don't think Ren needs to have anything to do with the Sean Chen. If they're going to do like books two and three and kind of combine them some way, I don't think Ren needs to be involved with the Sean Chen at all. I think they could have um, Egg Wayne and even the rest of the, like Eve and Elaine, go there and Min if they want. Yeah. I mean, I, I do like their journey down into tier, but I don't think it's necessary. They could have them handle that side of it and matt could be there with him to blow the horn mm-hmm. and that could wrap that end up matt blows the horn egwain is freed that's that end while rand is already on his way to tear for calendar to kind of confirm that he is the dragon but then that whole thing about him being in falma doesn't make sense to me i don't know how they fit that in there
2: yeah i don't know about that
0: unless you do something where it's basically He's in fama he's hiding out he's trying to just get as far away from everybody and from the beginning of the season he's having dreams about Kalendor and the stone of Tear. and if, maybe in the beginning he doesn't even know what it is right or where it is and like and he hears about it in fama and he's like compelled to go but that's when the Sha so up and he's like I can't get out of here they've like locked this place down and yeah he's in hiding or he's like with Selene, or whatever the case may be yeah how does
1: Kyrie N fit in
0: there if we got
2: yeah, how does his manner Oh my god. Uh, I think
0: that's just Perrin and Matt, maybe.
2: What if there's no Barthanis' manor? You just meet Barthanis for like a minute in an episode. Like the way you meet like uh the Basil Gill? Yeah, Basil Gill. <laughs> like we're like, oh my god, Barthanis is in it, the whole manor scene, oh it's gonna be great, and it's just like that's Barthanis Damadrad as he walks by. Like that's <laughs> it. <laughs> it's like we have hey, Bar- no idea how much <laughs> of these be people like, are. really a guy be in The guy walks by
0: show. And this was like, hey Barthanis, and like he nods as he's walking back. Yeah, yeah. That's it. like,
2: we we honestly Basil Gill had if he had two lines, you know, and they didn't even say his name. It might have been in the closed captioning. But he was like a nobody. You would never if you watch that show, you would never think that that was like an important character.
1: It's not an important character, really. But... No,
2: but he's more important than like a throwaway innkeeper. He's like a fifth or sixth tier, maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, if you were just watching the show, you'd think like, oh, they hired this guy for like a one you know, whatever
1: yeah i don't know yeah, so you don't know if they don't put calendar in the show i think that's like a tipping point for me it's that's a tipping
2: point like you're not watching it anymore it could be yeah. come on
0: yes it'd be w- weird to do the podcast with only two of us watching the show <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay it would i probably still watch the show but it, the podcast would change drastically the tone of it would
0: <laughs> i think that they'll do it i think it's too important to this to the series not to i think it's Frankly, I think it looks too cool to not want that to be on the show. It's a crystal sword that lets him shoot lightning and shit.
1: That's cool. <laughs> Hensky says Barthanus is a barista in Falma. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a he's got a cough shop. Oh my God. <laughs> a cafe. Nice. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh my lord. Yeah, I can't see the show without Kalindor. I I can't. It's important in many ways, although it doesn't appear much in the series. It's still like a very important thing, especially for the end of the show. It does kind of it is kind of weird, though, in the book, you know, he uses it and then he just kind of puts it back and puts all wards on it and just like leaves it there (laughs) until he needs it again. And then he comes back. Well, he doesn't come back, right? He gets Narishma to get it for him. And he uses it against the Shan Chen and kind of goes a little loopy and starts killing, like, everybody. <laughs> Isn't that when... Um, what's his face? Uh, yeah, Bashir, like... Bashir, like, to horse. tackle him and punch yeah. him or something? Because he was... He's like, you're killing your crazy. own men.
0: He's just radiating down everybody around.
1: So... I think... I think that's a great scene yes. that you wouldn't want to cut from the show. It doesn't have to be exactly that, but you want to see a scene where like Rand's just kind of losing control of himself and just.
2: Well, you get that scene too in like the Stone of Tear, kind of when he like. I, I don't know if they would put this in the show, but when he kills everything that every trolloc can fade, and then he like tries to reanimate the dead girl.
1: Yes, that is creepy. <laughs> I hope
2: I hope
0: he. I hope it does because I think that. Well, one. That's Rance getting crazy. And that's, I guess, the first sign, like, one of the first signs, because I don't know if they're going to do his travel to Tier where he's just yeah. insane. And then he dials that back a lot. Yeah. Um, but, like, he's many murders, though. Everybody, he makes them the deal to him and all that right, crazy yeah, that's, stuff. That's weird. So, but, like, that is a good sign of, like, you know, he thinks he's God or this thing makes him feel like he's God, like he's the creator, which he's not. I was looking up something else for, you know, what we're going to talk about next, I guess. But I did see... Uh, here, that Brandon Sanderson was asked at a Memory of Light book signing directly, was the flaw in Calendar deliberate? And he says, yes, Calendar which flaw, was. Though? Well, ah, that's the question. And I'm <laughs> going to tell you, but I'm going to tell you, yes, Calendar was deliberately designed as a trap. So, which flaw? The flaw to force oh. the linking. That yeah. is a deliberate flaw, right? And it's really a.
1: So, was it used? Is it's it like really a, honey like pot? a,
0: a Yeah. It's really a thematic, like mirroring of of the sad bracelets of the male Adam, right? Which also has that two women can force you to channel and force force that upon you. So it's kind of like a like an echo of that in my mind.
1: Yeah. Okay. So the flaw of the male being able to be forced into a circle and taken control by a woman was deliberate, which leads me to. Hmm. So was it made by? Men or women, or a combination of both. I would imagine a combination of both. The greatest things were. That's true. That's true. I would guess so. But it was made deliberately to do that. This is, it really, I need to know more about Calendar. I need to know.
0: Where's the purple is supposed to be telling other people more about Calendar?
1: No, but I don't, there's no other information that we have access to about calendar that could shed some light on this. Apparently uh, Matt has information that he can't share though, but he will at some point. <laughs> um, so I guess we're, I guess we have to wait. So I'm reading
0: as we talk and Brandon Sanderson, there's other questions about this, about in this interview, I
1: guess Matt says it will break. It will break your minds. Yeah.
0: It says um, he believes he's not sure. Uh, but he believes that it was intentionally, it was made intentionally to do what it did for a specific use, but not what it was ended up being used for. Uh, he thinks that it was built to trap one of the male forsaken, not
1: necessarily that was the intention of the builder. So it was like a honeypot, like to try to lure like a a dreadlord or a forsaken to to use it, and yeah. then the good side would then take control. And okay. I like that idea. That would be great. See, I I could oh I'm seeing all these calendar spin-off shows. I could see like, you know, a group of Aes Sedai like hunting, hunting male channelers or or evil dreadlords, and there's just like they're in the woods, and you just see like Kalendor sitting out there on the floor, and the women are hiding behind the trees, and some unsuspecting (laughs) evil dreadlord or forsaken comes by and he sees it and he looks around and he goes to pick it up and use it, and then all of a sudden the women jump out, and they're like, ha-ha, we got you.
2: <laughs> Great show.
1: Yes, that'll be the whole show. Every episode is just them capturing another Forsaken or another Dreadlord using Kalandor, and they always fall for it.
2: It's like underneath a box. Yes. Like the box propped up with a, whole of the, with a stick and like a rope, and they're no, hiding in the bushes. No, Kalandor
1: is propping up the box. <laughs> uh,
2: okay, no, Kalandor has to be in the box. Oh, no, no then they'll be sitting there with Kalandor. You're right. It's propping, up, propping the box up the box and with then a when string they, attached to it yeah they go <laughs> under the box you put they pull calendar out yes
1: oh, we've got some great spin-off ideas <laughs> Amazon give us a call we've got some great spin-off ideas already all right is there anything else you guys wanted to bring up Tom I know you had some um historical uh or mythological inspirational pieces for calendar there's really only one
0: one that I was able to find, and I, I was really hoping to find some kind of Caldor uh, department store inspiration <laughs> for it.
1: Jordan used to work there when he was fifteen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, yeah, obviously it, we made reference to it the whole time. It's the Sword in the Stone. It's Excalibur. It can only be pulled by, you know, the one true king. And as we talked about in other episodes, Rand started off very Arthurian in his influences. The, the other thing I'll say, just in a broader sense, which I think we may have talked about before, but I do think it's very interesting because I always think of Angriel as uh, the main thing, and then Sa Angriel as the, like, the addendum, That's that, because that's kind of the way that you're introduced them in, in the books. But Sa uh or a is the thing, right? That's the Holy Grail, right? That's a, that's yeah. a, right? And then he just took out the Sa for regular Angriel, right? So all Sa Angriel are in some ways the holy grail, right? That's there were these mythical items of power that invite you with divine uh energies far beyond that of anything else, blah blah blah. Now, uh the um <laughs> blah 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 blah. Etcetera, etcetera. You you get like just holy power, power of God. Yeah. Right. So I, I always think it's interesting because it's just uh, my brain thinks of them the other way, that one's a that one's built on the other, but really it's kind of backloaded it or or, or you reverse engineered it.
2: I feel like I think of that where I'm like Angreal and Sangriel is like the second Angreal, and Tyr right. Angriel is like the third Angreal. Oh, oh right, right, yeah, right, right. I like but, that. yeah, I don't know. I just, that just is like the always the way I have it in my head.
0: So yeah, I think that it's not the only Excalibur in the books. There's also Justice, Arthur Hawking's sword, that Rand gets somehow the, uh in the latter books does it he what does he find it does he? someone find finds that? it in a lake yeah i think which is uh also what happens with excalibur in some stories right the lady the lake gives it to, yeah. to arthur so yeah so um, there's
1: two so you've got yeah and i never got that and i guess i have to brush up on my authorian legend but there's two legends of excalibur right right there's the sword and the stone and then the lady in the lake. Yeah. so and he has both of them in there. He has both of them. That's why there's two, because he's got two.
0: So yeah, I, I think it's interesting about the, um, the prophecy of like the one who pulls it out after will follow after. That's also very Arthurian to me and also very... The next person who pulls it out will also be the, the king. And it's Narishma, And I, I will say this. Like one of the weird things about the end of the series is that Narishma has no part to play in it, <laughs> because based I, on that piece of prophecy and based on like who draws being the it one,
1: out, shall follow after. Right, yeah. you
0: would think that like, oh, okay, like, Narishma's going to play a big part. Like maybe he'll be one of the leaders, or maybe he'll do something or whatever. And no, he's just not really. He doesn't do anything. And in the, in the I think the-
1: that line. I think that line is meant about the Dragon Reborn, though who draws it out to follow after meaning after the dragon is the dragon reborn.
0: Yeah. But I don't, I, I
2: think oh, I thought it was about the no, person who took it. No, out. I think
0: it's about like after like, him. Yes. Yeah. Maybe it shouldn't be, but yeah, I think it's supposed to be Narishma. I don't know if that is a piece of prophecy in the, in the prophecies of the dragon that referred to him. But yeah, I think that it doesn't really get to too much and who knows, maybe that's for something down the line, you know, maybe that was something that Jordan was going to explore in later books or
1: whatever. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Was do you think it was it was just something that, you know, Jordan never kind of followed? He he thought initially he would do something with it and then was just like, nah, I can't. Yeah, maybe, it
0: or maybe that's something that like he didn't put in detail in his notes, but he felt like Urishma would do during the last battle and you know, uh, Brandon
1: didn't have anything for him either and he just kind of was around. It's also very vague though. I mean, who draws it out shall follow after. That doesn't mean it really much. No, and I'm you know it's my interpretation. Narishma draws it out, and he just follows after Rand, literally. I guess he follows Rand. I don't. I don't know. I mean, it could be. I think you know. It still could be construed as who draws it out shall follow after means whoever draws Kalendor will follow after the dragon and be the dragon reborn. But it's not connected with Lotharod in any way, which is odd.
0: Yeah, I, I think that as we've we've talked about it, we've said like it's a really cool item, It does some cool things in there but it's really almost underdeveloped as a, as what ends up being a terribly important piece to the resolution of the whole story.
1: Yeah. I get it, though. And I know a lot of people, right, there was always a lot of speculation and theories about Kalandor and like, oh, you know, again, it has a big entrance to the story and then it kind of just disappears. Right. It makes it a, short, a small appearance again and then goes back to its obscurity. range doesn't Rand use it to, like, split Balefire? Like, he blocks he it, Balefire did. with it, too, he as does. well? So, Kalidor can also be used to stop Balefire just by, you know, cutting it or blocking with it. But then, yeah, and it comes Perrin back doesn't and, even
0: need a sword to do that shit.
1: Well, only in only in Tellurary Odd, if that was the real That's world. That's true, but still. I'm pretty sure Perrin would be fucked. <laughs>
0: yes, yes. Proper. right <laughs> <laughs> <I'm probably> fucked?
1: <laughs> but I do like that it kind of sits there in the background lying in wait. Yes. And you're wondering, like, what the fuck is the point of this? He used it. It just sits. Nobody's talking about it. It just sits there and sits there. And then all of a sudden it comes again. It comes back out again. But the reason for that, I think, is because it has a very specific purpose. And for Rand to carry it around, you know, I think Jordan wrote into it that, the reason why Rand doesn't carry it around and use it a lot is because it amplifies the effects of the taint and like kind of speeds up his madness. Mm-hmm. So I think Jordan wrote that into there as like a reason why he doesn't use it all the time.
0: Right. And the safe way to use it by linking with women is something he would never do in the latter half of the series until the end. So yes. um, so yeah, I think, that, I think that that works. I asked you this one question because as you were talking about it, it popped up in my mind. What is the biggest Chekhov's gun in this series? Is it Kalendor, which is pulled in the third book, and you know it's a huge deal. It's one of the things that he has to do. It's in the prophecies. Or is it 13 channelers can turn a man? What is the biggest Chekhov's gun? Because you hear Uh, both of them around that time, and they both pay off in the last book.
1: uh, Jan, I'll let you go
2: first. Probably the the thirteen channelers can turn a man. We were talk- I was talking about that, but I don't even remember it happening. You said it happens once, and it's like off screen.
0: Well, it happens, but they least. talk
2: about it so much in the beginning. It, it like happens a lot. Ju- it's in the test, the, ex- the the accepted test, and it's uh, oh my god, thirteen! Don't get thirteen in here. And then it's like
1: they're oh, always counting the number of right, eyes to right. die who and are it there. It never happens. <laughs> it's like
2: so, yeah. But I think
1: that's also because right because thirteen. I said, die. No matter how strong the channeler is, can overcome a chat right? Yes, yeah, so right. that's the other thing that's, too. Yeah, yeah. You,
0: even Re- Rez, like I can take. It like, takes like ten, like might take twelve, a thirteen.
1: But it's like there's not even a. It doesn't even right. matter how strong you are. Just like yeah. thirteen is like the tipping point. No yeah. matter what, thirteen can always overtake the strongest yeah. of all channelers. I think it's Kalindor because I think Kalindor plays a bigger role. Because yeah, like you said, it's. You know that we hear about the thirteen merge all and whatever, and you're like, "Oh, oh when's it gonna happen?" And when it, it does happen, but it's not like none of that that whole part of the story could cut out of the books, and it really wouldn't affect much. Yeah,
0: yeah. All it does is like give the dark a lot more channelers to use, which whatever. It Doesn't really no. do anything.
1: No, except- it just gives some more story about the Black Tower and what's going on there. And it, yeah, but yeah, I would I would say Calendor. Okay. But I like it. I like it. I like the way I like the way Jordan used it. I'm sorry. I'm a fan of Kalandor. I like it. Me too. I like it a lot. Also, heavily featured on one of my
0: favorite, if not my favorite, cover in the entire series.
1: Oh, the Dragon Reborn
0: Dragon
2: cover. Reborn.
0: No, that is the worst cover. <laughs> that's one of my favorite. La- a of, featured. A memory light. He just, uh, just has it in
1: the cool. Ah, uh, that's the Michael Whalen cover, right?
0: Yeah. Sorry, man. Uh, Dragon Reborn with jaxer Sai's Perrin <laughs> That's, sorry, and still, Royal still Page Boy's fun. Matt is <laughs> by far, not by far, but it is one of my least favorite covers. It's very no, the, evocative uh, of, of nothing Swords that happens one? in the book.
1: What are you talking about? It's You're right. They're not even there. They're
0: not there. <laughs> well, Matt's there, but he's not Friends in that He's dressed like a conquistador <laughs> and is blonde. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I like that I don't know something about that cover Aaron has a
0: giant gauntlet-esque shield the axe is cool on the cover why is he
1: wearing a you love his headband
0: the headband it doesn't that's the worst the best part about the cover honestly is the spot I have it right here next to me the best part about the cover is is Chamel's face face on the spine yeah (laughs) the best part Whole thing. It's so great. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Something about the cover just draws me. It's It must be the colors. Uh, the back of the cover is cool too. The with the
0: hiding behind the columns. Yeah. That yeah. part's cool. Just, oh, God.
1: Yeah. It's uh, the, great. I love it. The costuming. It. We've already had this conversation. I know. On another episode sometime, somewhere. Oh, boy. <laughs> Alright, um, is there anything else anybody wanted to add about Calendar? Any questions? Any thoughts? No. Calendars in season two. Rand, Rand wields calendar. Yes. Yay? Yes. yes. Episode eight. All right. It's unanimous. We got some naysayers in the chat. I won't call them out. Oh, multiple naysayers. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't like that. All right. I do not like it. We could, all right. Uh, let's. <sighs> sorry. Yeah. No, go
0: ahead. I was going to say, we could hash this out. Some of those naysayers, at least, if not all of them. I think we're gonna see a Jordan con this year. We're gonna ask this out in person. We can have a gentleman's wager or a gentle yeah. person's wager on whether this appears or not.
1: I think we'll just have a straight out brawl.
2: Street fight. <laughs> Street fight. <laughs>
0: I
1: killed someone with a trident. <laughs>
2: that escalated quickly.
1: I got out of hand. Um all right. I'm going to wrap it up here. I want to remind everyone to follow us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Join us over in Discord to continue the conversation there. Rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Just want to remind everybody that we're still running our contest. If you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, you will be entered into a drawing to win a Talk swag bag. The contest is running through the end of April, so there's still plenty of time for you to leave a comment. I will leave a link in the show notes to Apple Podcasts for you to leave a comment right on our podcast page. Jen, do we have any new reviews that you would like to share with us?
2: We do. I am going to read a review from Leopards Are Cool. That's Leopards Are Cool.
0: I already like this. Yeah, that's pretty easy. they're right already.
2: This is a five-star review, and it's titled, All I Need for My Watt News. I love these three, and they are my go-to for all news related to the Watt show. Great segments, good breakdowns, and my weekly digest of all the Wheel of Time news coming out. If you just have been looking for content since the show came out, take a dive into their backlog for some amazing COVID hiatus deep dives, weights and measurements, and all-time classic
1: news. Oh, uh, thank you. Leopards are cool. Is that was that the name? Yes, that's awesome. Are cool. cool. Thank that's you. A, leopards are cool. That is. I, a,
0: yeah, go ahead, Joe. Sorry.
1: No, no, no. I wasn't going to say anything. Uh, contributive
0: I, I would say, <laughs> if you're referencing our weights and measurements episode, you <laughs> are a true fan.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, wait, Chris. Chris would be very proud. Yeah. Since he wrote the weights and measures page on the wiki, so um thank you though leopards are cool you're cool also uh yeah so just once again i want to remind you that the contest is running through the end of april so go to apple Podcasts and leave us a review and you'll be entered into the drawing and of course we will read your review on the show i want to also remind you to check out our merchandise and patreon pages you can support us that way we've got some new uh merchandise or not new merchandise but we've got a, a new logo out or a newer logo out that you can get some merchandise with that and also our patreon which has got a lot of neat stuff on it you uh, it's only a dollar to join you can listen to us record live some of the tiers you can get monthly bonus content you can get merchandise and all kinds of great stuff like that early uh, early access to the uh, episodes as well so check out our patreon page as well and links to all the aforementioned information is included in the show notes to this episode. Final words, Jen and Tom?
2: Um, no, I'm good.
1: Go peacocks. <laughs> what, what kind of sound do peacocks make? I could put a peacock sound in there, maybe.
0: Oh, I've heard them before. They had they, they oh, sound like They sound like
2: gobbling.
1: They sound like turkeys?
2: <laughs> Let's find it. Right,
1: Let's see if
2: I can find it really quick.
1: Find us a peacock sound. Come on. That sounds like your
2: kid. Sounds yeah. like a monkey. Oh,
1: my God. Jen's just found a peacock and brought the peacock into the booth. Yes, uh,
2: it just opened how up, how does it up all even its fit feathers. There? Oh,
0: my gosh, Jen. I can you even breathe with it. That.
1: Yeah, that's weird. That's kind of creepy. Stop that. Stop that immediately. <laughs> I'm ending the show now. You're scaring our listeners. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And you'll hear us next time.